Hello, and welcome back to the Marcus Kauke podcast. Today, I am delighted to have Christine Huber, the queen of LinkedIn, to help me out today. We're going to be talking about how to use LinkedIn strategically and tactically, the value of having a targeted versus a very broad network, the pitfalls that people fall into using LinkedIn. And we're going to explore some stories that we both will share about how we've used LinkedIn for ourselves, for our clients, and what impact it's had. LinkedIn is without question a vital selling tool in this day and age. If you're a salesperson and you're not using LinkedIn, I firmly believe you are missing a massive trick. It's costing you a lot of money left on the table. Christine is an expert in helping people build their LinkedIn networks and to create cash from it. Christine, if I could ask you to do a quick one minute intro to who you are, who you serve, and the kind of problems that you solve. Sure, sure, absolutely. I'm thrilled sure, to be sure, here, Marcus. Absolutely. I'm the number one LinkedIn all-time top expert. I have one of the top 1% most viewed LinkedIn profiles. I train, coach, consult, and speak on LinkedIn all over the world. My clients call me the LinkedIn Jedi Master. And they say that I help them hack LinkedIn social selling for increased sales. And I help them push the envelope on LinkedIn. Okay. Well, my clients call me Yoda, probably because <laughs> of my size and strength. I have all kinds of strategies and hacks and secrets and tricks that I'll share to get profile views. Okay. So let, let's start out at a strategic level. Sure. My audience is largely people who have to sell to, for a living. Right. Strategically, why should someone if they've never used LinkedIn before, consider using it? Good question. LinkedIn gives you a really unparalleled access to your audience. And also the benefit of LinkedIn is that then somebody types your name into Google and your LinkedIn profile is going to come up. 24-7 brochure. It's a huge opportunity to position yourself as a thought leader, position yourself as an expert to to drive traffic to an appointment, to your website, wherever you decide want to drive that traffic. And it's in a different forum than if, you know, you're cold calling or you're sending out emails or you buy a list or all the other ways to access people. It's more of a trusted source. Understood. I mean, I've been using LinkedIn for about nine years mm -hmm. now, but really active, about five or six. And one thing I've noticed is that it's very powerful as a, a route to market uh, to get your content distributed. Yes. The real value of that is to raise awareness and familiarity. And you reach a tipping point where all of a sudden, everything that you post if you've built up a good following on your content, then virtually everything that you post is shared, commented mm. on, getting a lot of traction that way. How have you been able to use it for your own business at a strategic Yeah, level? sure. So I've been on LinkedIn since 2006, so 12 years. I've developed a system that allows you to fill your pipeline using LinkedIn. I teach this Excellent. to my clients. It's um, basically three simple steps. First, you want to connect, yeah. then you want to cultivate, and then you want to close. I call it Christine's three C's. Okay, so connect, cultivate, right. and close. Let's explore a couple of the pitfalls in terms of connection because I see people misusing yeah. LinkedIn terribly, <laughs> and it's often right at that first yeah. hurdle. So if we could look at some of the mistakes people make in the connection Sure, part. sure. One of the mistakes they make, the first one is they don't personalize the invitation. The second yeah. is 
they sell in their invitation or they make their invitation all about. And there's a lot of automated software that people are selling to connect with people. And, and LinkedIn's really crack, starting to crack down on all that automated software. So a lot of people are getting their accounts suspended okay. from using it. And in terms of the correct way to go about connecting with somebody, you mentioned personalization. What might that look like? Sure. You know, the personalization, and it depends on where you are on LinkedIn and what your account level is. But usually if you go to their profile, then that's like the safest place to click that little connect button. Because LinkedIn wants to make it very easy yeah. for you to connect with people. But then if, if you send invitations to five people and they say, I don't know you, then LinkedIn suspends your account and you have to you have an email address to send invitations out. And the only way you can get that removed okay. is to deal with customer service and the help center, which I yeah. discourage people it's to do. <laughs> There, there are more productive ways to okay. spend I mean, your time. I, trust me. Uh, absolutely, it's like uh, going on yeah, hold to a yeah, government yeah, department. Exactly. And in terms of that personalization and using the content from their profile, what are the things that you recommend people pick up on and reference in that initial? Um, sure. So it depends on how many invitations you're sending out. So if you're, for example, sending out to say speakers in the UK, then you're sending, you know, you're sending potentially hundreds of invitations. In that case, I would say, look at who you're a second degree connection with, personalize it with their first name, say, we have contacts in common. Would you like to connect Marcus? And then copy and paste that so that you can use it for all of those invitations. That's when you're doing it in bulk. Yep, absolutely. And when you're really being laser focused and maybe you're picking uh, five or 10 throughout the course of the day. Then you would say, then I would say, Marcus, we know Joe Smith and Common and we both worked at Citibank. Would you like to connect, Christine? Make it then more personalized because you're very targeted on that person. Okay. Well, one thing I found very positive is to offer people the chance to say Mm -hmm. no as well. Provide them with my phone number if they'd like to talk Mm -hmm. to me before they connect. Is that something you recommend? Sure, you can do that. There's there's, um, an option on LinkedIn. You can reply before you accept a personalized invitation. So I've had people write back to me. Either way, that, that's why I also use a question, would you like to connect so that it's more inviting versus like join my network, which is standard LinkedIn template. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you're making a cold Absolutely. call. It's a, As a client of mine said, it's a kinder, gentler cold call. I mean, I'm having a lot of success with LinkedIn, probably generating five to seven inbound inquiries mm-hmm. every single week. And you know, I need yeah. maybe 20 clients a year. So... Um, I'm disqualifying a lot out, but I'm connecting, but I'm not um, taking those further. I'm referring them on. And so I'm probably referring the best part of 50 to 100,000 pounds mm-hmm. worth of business a month through my network. So in terms of cultivate, what are the aspects of cultivation that you think that people should really concentrate on? Particularly sure, sure. Starting out? So the, the cultivating, there, there are three different aspects. One is you want to make sure you send a welcome message when somebody accepts your invitation. Two, you want to use messages. Yep. And three, you want to use notifications and then 
As, as a bonus, I'll tell you too, you want to use comments. So comments on comments the posts anywhere and they are. Basically, you're, when you're cultivating, you're elegantly, professionally stalking someone. Absolutely. How do you teach people to use sure. groups so effectively? Sure. So that's a very interesting question because I was recently invited to an event at LinkedIn on groups and there were only 90 people there. Groups is changing. There'll be a new version of groups rolling out by the end of the year with far more enhanced features. Oh, yeah. Fine. Groups can again and and all of all of what I'm saying here it's, you know, depending on who your audience is. Your audience is very very specific. My audience is much broader. Depending on what somebody's business is, they join and you, you can join 100 groups right now. So for you, for example, to right. join local groups because you're more locally focused would be beneficial or, or regional groups. And, and for me, I'm looking at, of course, I, I belong to LinkedIn groups, but then I also belong to sales groups and social selling groups and entrepreneur groups because that's who I work with is business owners and entrepreneurs who want improved LinkedIn results. And then with Makes the groups, the strategy, I used to get a ton of leads from groups and then LinkedIn changed the algorithm and it, they just became a ghost town. But they, they can be right. very, very beneficial for sharing your content. And one thing too to remember about groups is that they're all individually owned. So they have their own rules. They, it's like their, their own little kingdom. And, and so there's yep. some tactics that help you get your posts posted in the groups rather than stuck in moderation is to be very value oriented. So for example, use a question as your title. So it's engaging and then include content. Don't just link slam the groups. There's value there. Uh, put, puts uh, links to your content right. that takes some, them out and of the group. Some groups won't allow you to post links at all. So it, it really depends on the groups, but I just as right. a courtesy to the group owner, you know, because I look and people just will post, they'll just post a link, you know, to their blog or whatever. They won't even link, include any content. Share the first couple paragraphs of your blog, for example, so that you build the interest before siphoning people off to your website. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of cultivation, one of the key right. things I believe is engagement and creating real value right. through a dialogue. What is it that you teach people to do to create right. that so dialogue with people? Creating the dialogue and a lot of this is sales 101, right? You have to be having a conversation to sell someone. You, they have to be engaged. I take a lot of what is used in cold calling and transfer that to LinkedIn. So you want to do, for example, you want to do fact finding to keep the conversation very, very strategic and very focused, not, you know, what did you have for dinner type conversations, obviously. And so what I do, for example, yeah. is I'll send my invitation out, then they accept, I'll send the welcome message. Marcus, thanks for trusting me to connect. I'm curious, dot, 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 how are you using LinkedIn, Christine? And I just keep it short and tight. Acknowledge, ask an open and question to drive the conversation forward. And just very, it's not war and peace. It's yeah. not a novel. It's just very focused because I want to know if 
they have a problem that I can solve. If they don't, great, we can explore other avenues. That's how I start out. And then they, they come back or they have an anniversary or a birthday or a, a new position and just keep that dialogue going using using that format. And everybody's style is different. That's what I do. The whole acknowledge, ask an opening question is is very, very valuable, very effective. And, and make it all about them. It's not One about you. I'm not I'm, selling. I'm not saying buy my services, there. buy my widget. I'm saying, how are you using LinkedIn? Understood. I know it's interestingly enough, I just made a note to ask you about <laughs> birthdays, jobs and anniversaries. So that was very timely. Um, in, in terms of new jobs, I was given a really useful tip, which I found very engaging, which is when you're following up on someone who's just changed jobs, Ask them the question, what is yeah. it you're most excited about in your new role? And that's a lovely right. question because it does create a dialogue and be genuinely interested. Because if you're going to bother asking, you know, congratulating them on their new job, then I think mm -hmm. it's only right that you are right. genuinely interested and you care about the answer. But what's really fascinating is just how passionate people become how they right. talk about their purpose with the role. That's really interesting because I tend to find that people with a purpose right. tend to outperform people without one. That helps. That's part of my qualification criteria when I'm talking to mm -hmm. uh, people about their business is, you know, what do they love about it? Why are they in business? What, you know, why do you sell? Is it just for the money or is there something else? Creating that dialogue with people and getting them to tell their story I think is really mm -hmm. powerful. Mm -hmm. And LinkedIn, I found incredibly useful for that. What sort of stories have you sure, been hearing sure. from people without betraying any confidences? Yeah, no, I mean, um, it's, it's, um, it, LinkedIn's really amazing that way because it's like going to a giant conference. So you can have all these different conversations and the, and the yeah. beauty, the power of asking open-ended questions is that often you'll hear things that you wouldn't hear otherwise. For example, the, with the new position, I'll ask, how is it better for you? Or what do you like most about it? The anniversaries, I'll ask, what's next for you? And with birthdays, I'll say, how are you celebrating? And then they reply back and I say, wow, that sounds great. What are you most looking forward to in your new year of life ahead? You know, and people come back with all kinds of things. Just, and it, it's like, it's building a relationship like you're at a networking event. You're at a, a local networking event or something like that, but you're doing it with people. You're scaling it with people all over the world, all over the country. You can do it at two o'clock in the morning in your bathrobe. <laughs> <laughs> I spend a lot of time doing It's an entrepreneur uniform, don't um, you know? <laughs> well, um, interestingly enough, I, I've just come off doing uh, a webcast with a great friend of mine, uh, Dr. Mark Goulston, who is the author of the books, Just mm -hmm. Listen, Talking to Crazy, Get Out of Your Own Way. And what's really interesting is that even though it's in the written form, you can listen empathically. And I think one of the really powerful things that I think anyone in sales needs to mm -hmm. learn how to do is ask yeah. insightful questions, not just information gathering and not just the, the you know, making them comfortable, but making them think. So what are the kind of questions that you teach people to ask to get people in their network really thinking about their business differently or um, sure, you know, sure. looking at yeah, their world um, through a different Great lens? question. So 
A lot of it depends on what, what the person comes back with, right? So I start out with how are you using LinkedIn? And they say, Oh, I use it for this. And then it, then it becomes a, a sales conversation, fact finding conversation. Often people, they aren't really, they know there's power in LinkedIn, but they don't really know what's possible. And so having those conversations and kind of a safe little environment on LinkedIn fosters engagement in a way that you don't necessarily get, you know, in other venues. So on that note, then, I, I know um, one of the most obvious answers to this question is they just stop communicating and they go silent. But what are the clues that maybe you're pressing you know, an open wound or you're uh, upsetting somebody and maybe you need uh, to pull back a question. bit? <laughs> I have I have over 15,000 contacts. So I'm messaging people constantly on LinkedIn and if one person isn't responding then there are hundreds more who are. LinkedIn is not that different from doing phone sales for example. So what do you do then when somebody goes dark after yes. you've given them a presentation? How do you deal with that? How, how do you follow up with that? And it's every, every person's different too. Does that answer your question? So, Understood. Some, I mean, some people, I ask the same. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah no worries. I mean, was, just, was, no, and, and now I'm just thinking like, you know, you. I ask <laughs> the same question hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. And some people say, wow, what a great question. And they give me a big, long, detailed answer. Other people say, why do you want to know? Or that's very personal. You just, maybe their dog okay. died, you know, they're getting divorced. I don't know. There, but there, there's so many, there's so many people on LinkedIn that it's, you know, for your market, it's yeah. different. But you have, sometimes people just aren't ready. What do you do? Fair enough. Well, first of all, if I sense that there's any form of resistance, mm. I'll fall back and I'll apologize and I'll call it. I'll say something along the lines of, Christine, I'm getting the sense that you're uncomfortable with this line of questioning. If, if you prefer, we can bring this conversation to a close. Certainly won't mm. take any offense. And if I have upset you, I'm very sorry. Mm -hmm. I think the power of an apology is really incredible. And the, the mistake I think a lot of people make is they just say, oh, to hell with it or, you know, fool. You, you have to right. understand that people buy for their reasons, not yours. People engage right. for reasons, not yours. And you have to go to where those people are and then you have mm -hmm. to pull them gently where, to where you need to get them. I think a, a huge mistake I see people make all the time is that they waste vast amount of energy and right. effort trying to convince people. I think I don't think you can convince anyone right. to buy right. anything. They have to discover why they want it for themselves. And if you make mm, the mistake yeah. of trying to push them, they'll just push back. I treat mm -hmm. selling a bit like learning a soft martial art. You use an opponent's right. momentum against themselves. So you get out of the way. One of my favorite rules that we teach in Sandler mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. if your foot's hurting, you're probably standing on your own toes. You have to look in the mirror. If I was on the receiving end of this very blunt, yeah. direct approach that basically said, me, 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 me. I would disconnect hate, from them. How would I respond? Because <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not a big fan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that, that then brings us to the next stage, which is your clothes. Um, right. Uh, connected, 
Sure. So the closing process is when you it, it's clear to you that 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 a deeper conversation that there's a next step that's um that it makes sense to take the conversation off of LinkedIn. If you've engaged properly, then it's abundantly clear to the other person too. Like so for example, if they ask you a question that fits more detailed than that requires a more detailed answer than one sentence then you can say to, I'd love to answer that. And, you know, I can do it better in a phone call. Would you like to schedule a quick call? Then they write back, yes, that whole engaging dialogue. And then I send them my, my scheduling link. It's very authentic. It's not people who, who send me a scheduling link when they send me an invitation or accept their invitation. They send me a scheduling link. It's different if it's positioned as I'd like to get to know you, which is another way as well to get, take conversations off of LinkedIn. If someone like you and I, when we connected. Yeah. You weren't looking for what I was doing. I wasn't necessarily looking for what you were doing, but we sensed that there was a synergy. And so I offered or you offered, I don't remember who it was, you know, just a quick 15 minute, what are you up to call? And and for somebody who's in your network, that that's yeah. an easy yes, because 15 minutes is, everybody has 15 minutes basically. And if you want to take it longer, you can. And I've gotten business from those calls. So you just, you, you never know. It's just having a conversation and taking it off of, you go on a coffee date with someone when you first meet them and then you progress to the dinner date. Calling is the dinner date. Okay. <laughs> that, that happens more in America than here because we take them to the pub. Okay. So um, a drink, co- a we, dinner we, date. We've got a stronger you know, drinking culture than you, you know, guys it, do. It, it's um, not like you meet someone and you say, hi, do you want to get married and have 20 babies? Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, w- one of the things that I teach people, it's not very PC, but um, is. selling is exactly yeah. the same uh, process as seduction. Right. The first thing you have to do is attract. Then you have to make them comfortable. And then you produce. Now, the problem is that if you bypass a tract and you make them comfortable, you end up with a friend. And that is the mission's brief. Um, If you bypass a tract and make comfortable and you go straight for seduce, (laughs) what's your name? (laughs) What's your name? (laughs) Enough about you. Let's talk about me, my company, my product, my services. And right, that just puts right, people right, off. Right, and that's like yeah. going on a date where the, the other yeah. person just yeah, talks I mean, about all, themselves. All of life is sales and relationships. Without Personal, professional, to. with um, your family, and, with, you know, your butcher, with absolutely. your baker, whoever, you know, it's all, it's, it's all seduction, basically. Absolutely. Okay. Well, let, let me ask you this. I mean, you've got a very broad network. Often I see people criticizing people with a, a broad network saying, well, you know, you can't possibly have relationships. Um, sure. So the value of having a broad network is that first? you have you have a larger reach. So more people see what you do on LinkedIn and you have access to more people because your first degree connections have more second degree connections. So it's, it just gives you more, more visibility with it, with a broad network. For, for me, what I've uh, mm-hmm. realized is essentially I yeah. like uh, writing and I'm a, a prince of work avoidance. What, what right. I've realized is having a broad network means that my content gets a wide right. distribution. And off the back of that, I've had uh, international speaking invitations. My network stretches from Vanuatu in the Pacific through Africa, Mm -hmm. Asia, the US, North, South, Central. But what's really wonderful about that is that you start 
seeing and hearing about how people are using the content in an international setting through different cultures. And right. I'm finding that very, very helpful. And the other aspect of it is familiarity. You alluded mm -hmm. to, you know, your, your first generation then has a second generation and a third generation. Now, in the last two weeks, over mm -hmm. a thousand new people have connected with me. I mean, the last two days, nearly 400. And I'm not quite sure what's they've, happened. They've connected um, with I mean, you or they've can, followed can you? Give you? Me an indication of what's created the spike. No, they've connected with me. So, so you accepted the, 400 my, invitations? My followers are over 12,000 now, but uh, my connections are over 9,000. Yeah, from people, you know, they, they all fit, or the majority of them fit my target profile. They're not necessarily within my geography, but many of them are within companies mm -hmm. where there are people who are in my target market geographically. And so, yeah, there have been over 400 uh, uh, acceptances over the last, I think it's three, so, three and a half days. So more I people are, are they just, 12. are they writing so anything in the invitation or they're just, they're just clicking the connect button? Well, so Largely there you go. So your content is being have, um, seen more widely just, um, um, seen. And, and so then people are reaching out to you. Yeah. I mean, it's, Perfect. In the last four days, I've had about 25, yeah. maybe 30,000 views of the content so far. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Link, LinkedIn it's, it's changes the algorithm um, just, all the time. Maybe this change the algorithm yeah. to be kinder to me. <laughs> Yeah. I like the chat. If, if that is the case, thank you very much, LinkedIn. Really appreciate it. So th then what about sure. having so a very targeted you, um, For network? example, what, for what you, if you just wanted to connect with CEOs in your area, then that would be very targeted. And these would be people then who you would have potentially more contact with, who you could also call on face-to-face. -face. Like you would see them out in networking meetings and that sort of thing. It's like a, a small village where everybody knows each other versus a large city. Well, on that note, um, my pal uh, Tom Mallins and Dion Buckingham-Brown have right. started the linked out groups where they're starting to create physical face-to-face -face networking through um, LinkedIn. Yeah, I went uh, have to, you there's seen, a, um, a organization here in the U.S. called LinkedIn Local. And, and they've started doing that. And I went to a, a I spoke at a oh, meeting right. they had in Berkeley near San Francisco. And it was, it was great. And what was amazing is I, I connected with a woman there with whom I used to work at Schwab, at Charles Schwab in 1995. And I hadn't seen her. This was 2018. So 23 years. It, it takes LinkedIn and yeah. makes it much smaller. What I found with that, with the LinkedIn, LinkedIn local group that it was primarily it wasn't so much business owners it was more employees and so for me I I did get business from it from the other speakers <laughs> LinkedIn does two things right it's for jobs and it's for business and if your target audience is not people who are employees yeah. then LinkedIn events can be they can be interesting that way does that answer your question? It does. Um, taking it slightly uh, more broadly, then. Right. You, you can feed if you're posting on, on LinkedIn, you, you can uh, feed Twitter and Facebook. Um, unless you use a tool like Hootsuite, where you post to all of them. Uh, a blended approach by using all the uh, you know the, the key platforms like Twitter, Facebook. Um, and so on, um, I, uh, in order I do a to support your LinkedIn activity, I, you know, or is that not something a, that you uh, particularly advise? When I have a blog article advice? or an article that I want to share, then I'll use Hootsuite to send it out 
you know, to Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus, Instagram, depending on, on what the post is. And I can do all of that with a click of a button. Other things I will post just on LinkedIn and then they go to Twitter. Yeah. You know, more more professional things, things that are not as professional, then I'll only okay. post those on Instagram and Facebook and, and Twitter. So with, with that in mind, obviously LinkedIn is a, principally a business platform. What sort of blend would you suggest people sure. adopt when yeah, they're yeah. doing I mean, some if slightly it's, more frivolous you know, if or it's, less business-oriented like For me, posts. I would post... Or shouldn't they? I would post something, for example, about like being, being an entrepreneur, for example, from, you know, maybe a vacation or something like that or something that's not quite as professional, but, but making the link between this is, this is my business and my business allows me to do this because it's successful. Okay. I mean, I, I posted a slightly cheeky post today. It was a quote from one of my favorite comedians and he says, I got a job in America oh, teaching good, geography good, good, good. as a foreign good. language. Um, and I've had nearly a yeah, thousand views yeah. on that, so I'm pleased with that. Oh, yeah, every, every now and again, I'll be a bit playful on posts. Yeah, you know, and, and again, that, about, that's a LinkedIn algorithm What about using thing? images on posts? How do you feel about um, that? So humans process images much faster than, than they do text. The current LinkedIn alg algorithm, from what I've seen, tends to favor just text. But it's, it's trying to game all that. You, you can make yourself crazy. Okay. And if you're, as you've seen, you know, if, if you're posting things of value or things that resonate with people, then you, you get the results. And also with LinkedIn, the updates, they have a, a process in place where it's sent out to a few, few people in your network. And then if they, they respond to it, and it's sent out to more people, and then it's it's basically there are different hurdles that your updates go through, so they get shown to fewer or more people. Uh, so followers. Well, what's the value in having followers rather than to you, connections? Like connections do connections to. have access to your email address, um, and they can message you. Followers just see your updates. And when you get over 30,000 connections, yeah. which is the current maximum, then you can only have followers after that. Okay. Yeah. So would you advise yeah. people as they're getting um, close yeah. to that and, number? And one to, way to do uh, that is, you know, when you're going through and doing um, notifications, if you have a question about somebody, then you can click to their profile and decide if you want to keep them in your network or not. Or as you go through your activity feed, if you see updates that are not aligned with what your current goal is or, you know, or for, for example, you're dealing with people locally and somebody who's an engineer in, you know, a completely different part of the world and their profile picture looks 40 years old, maybe they're not exactly your target market and you don't need to have them in your network. Fair, fair enough. Tell me this, as we start to you know, bring this to close, talk, talk to me about sure, the kind sure. of results so that you the, can the generate from LinkedIn. The results that I and my using, clients get you know, from LinkedIn uh, is um, we get more engagement. We get sure, sure. more profile yeah. views. We get more appointments off of LinkedIn. And from those appointments, then we get business. One, one of the things, too, that I didn't go over with the close and, and this is what makes my system so powerful is with the clothes, you can drive to an appointment, 
You can um, add people to your email list. So ask them, you know, would you like, like to receive LinkedIn updates? Or you can ask them for referrals as well. You know, so it's building that network, you know, the, the, the results from, from your network on LinkedIn in, in those three ways and, and getting, being very focused and directed in, in the results that you get. So when, when, when asking for referrals, are you looking specifically for uh, someone who you've targeted as being part of their second or third generation contact? Um, are you asking so it, them so, so uh, it depends in broad on, on the conversation we've had, but on, I'll, you know, um, I'll ask. When, and yeah. one way to do it too is to give first, right? So say you've had your conversation with them, and you know, they're for whatever reason they're not your target market, and and they're they're on your list. And then the next thing is really working your network. The next thing I ask is, whom can I refer to you? Thanks. Who can I refer to you? And then I say, you know, right, right, Emerson's exactly. Um, and, and, you know, and then Emerson's even if they don't ask that, you still earn the right, more. I think, to, to ask, whom do you know who wants 30% more sales from LinkedIn? Use it as a question. I've received great speaking engagements that way. I've received great referrals that way. And it's, that question is so successful. I have it as a, as part of my email signature so that I'm always, always, always asking for referrals. Which is, who, who do you know who? So in terms of invitations, mm -hmm. you're inviting them to join your email list, receive LinkedIn updates, and you're asking for referrals. You're identifying people through a very short, succinct definition of what a good referral would look like. You're leading by offering to introduce them once you've built up the relationship and you've built trust. Right. Sure. Excellent. Okay. Um, let's take a quick peek uh, then at what makes a good profile. If you can give some sure. tips so with in the terms profile, of how to the, how best, your profile is important uh, because to, that um, is what people, to engage people will look at and decide whether they want to connect with you sure. or not. So you want to make it easy for them to say yes. So just from the top, you want to have a background. Ideally, you want a background that is your website banner if you're driving traffic to your website. So you're starting to build that, that digital branding in the, in the people's mind. Does that make sense? And, and if you, if you go to my profile on LinkedIn, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about here. Um, and then the next is your, your headshot. You want it to be attractive and compelling for your ideal audience. So if your ideal audience is, are attorneys, barristers, then you want to look engaging for them. If your, if, if your ideal client is more creative, then you would have a different headshot. You want to make sure that people can recognize you in person from your headshot. So none of this headshots from 40 years ago. I, for many years, I had a photograph of me from my back with red braces, and um, I, I was criticized a lot for it, but actually people recognized me from behind. And I remember I was in the lavatory in yeah. Milan Airport, uh, and someone came, uh, said, Marcus, and I turned around. Um, uh, it was a slightly awkward moment, um, but yeah, I didn't recognize even from that. Whatever so more, more people know me from behind than from the front, which is probably a good thing because I'm not terribly pretty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. One other thing, LinkedIn very recently allowed you to embed native video. 
And I've certainly had quite a lot of traction oh, I, off I the back of that. I think it's amazing, um, incredibly your, powerful. Uh, because it, and, I, and I have video on my profile video. as well. And the reason why it's powerful is because you, you, it's the next best thing to being there, to having somebody in front of you. So it brings your profile to life and it adds that human dimension to your profile. So it's extremely, extremely powerful. And I highly recommend on that note, I think the media section right underneath your summary is incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. And so w what I've done is I've created a storyboard with some very short, pithy videos, issues that I know, you know, are asking questions about things like prospecting, authenticity, other things on there. For example, I've got a, a mm -hmm. list of all the th exactly. uh, types of areas that I help in my geographic territory. And those have proven very, very useful. In terms of overall presence mm -hmm. on LinkedIn, what, what are you trying to convey? Good question, Marcus. Um, you, so you, what I'm trying to convey uh, what, what, what is that I'm a LinkedIn expert, to to that I can help people get, show people how to get better results on LinkedIn when they have a profile and no leads or they have contacts in which they had business and show them how they can get more information. I get a lot of appointments from my profile, people, you know, scheduling times to talk. I find the same uh, uh, public talk to my target audience, which is entrepreneurs. And last year we did over 250,000 directly from leads that came through LinkedIn and another 300,000 that was supported by the LinkedIn activity. And to be honest, I really didn't know what I was doing. I was prolific. I was consistent. But one of the most important things that I've learned over the years is that systems set you free. And we're coming to the top of the hour. So yeah, my, my pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you for so inviting much. me. This has been really enlightening. Really appreciate you coming on and being so open with your advice. Sure. So my website is christinehuber.com. If you want to know more, Christine, can you give your contact details? Huber is H-U-E is an echo, B is in Bravo, E-R. So christinehuber.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn. Naturally. If you'd like to know more, please get in touch with Christine. She is fantastic. The engagement process that she took me through was really gentle, very interesting non-intrusive and very helpful. I'm sure that she can help. Now, if you want to know more about sales, sales recruitment, enterprise selling, and in particular channel sales, so selling through third parties, then please get in touch. I'm available for public speaking. So if you'd like to have a very challenging and direct public speaker who will make your audience feel just a tad uncomfortable, and ask them challenging, insightful questions to make them see their world through a different lens, then please get in touch. I'm on LinkedIn. My website is southeast.sandler, S-A-N-D-L-E-R.com. And if you want to test out just how good you are at selling, then go to southeast.sandler.com forward slash selling aptitude test, and it will show you whether or not you're working way too hard for too little money. So that's Marcus Kauke and Christine Huber signing off. Thank you all for listening. Bye-bye.